the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred seven pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Good evening and welcome to the Friday night edition of the Andrea K Show. I'm always excited to be here with you guys. I'm especially excited tonight because of my special in-studio guest I have with me tonight. But I got to welcome all you, my faithful uh, friends out there on Facebook and those of you out there at Andrea K5 on Twitter. And then I've got back with me tonight, who was out skipping off having fun in downtown San Diego yesterday at Comic-Con. Back with me tonight in the studio is none other than DJ Carrot Sticks, Todd. Hey, baby. (laughs) Glad to have you back in here. It's always nice running the Andrea K. Show. Oh, you're so sweet. It's like a cup of coffee. Gets me going. Oh, yeah. We love to get people going. And you know what gets me going is having my loved ones sharing the hour with me. And so I'm super excited tonight to have someone who's also been in town in San Diego to participate kind of in Comic-Con. And he's going to explain a little bit later what he was doing down there today amidst all the craziness. I said earlier on Facebook to all my buds out there, I said, dang it, the only thing good about this crazy Comic-Con being in town is that it's got my nephew Eric in town with me. And he's actually sitting in the studio with me tonight. Eric BB Blue is here. Thank you so much. I'm awesome. I'm so glad to have you here with me, Eric. Thank you for having me. I'm really flattered. Well, (laughs) well, you know what? I kind of like you, Eric. that's good. You know, I kind of dig you. And I'm kind of... related. Yeah, well, yeah. So you kind of have to like me since I'm your aunt. I do. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you have to like do everything I tell you to do for the next hour, at least. I will... To the best of my abilities. Uh, yeah. Well, coming up later, Eric's going to be talking a little bit about, because you know what, when I said on Facebook that I was kind of bagging on Comic-Con, the only thing good about it was that Eric was in town. People were like, wait a second, Comic-Con is great. It's so cool. There's all these crazy characters and people down there, and it's such a, a sight to see. And so Eric is actually going to talk a little bit about this phenomenal project he's been involved in that I had no idea about. He's a sound engineer, by the way. And he's going to fill us in on kind of the craziness that is Comic-Con for all you out there. And speaking of crazy... Every Thursday and Friday night here from 9 to 10 on uh, Pacific Time on AM 1170, we're talking about all things crazy going on out here in America, and particularly in politics in D.C. And last night I kind of laid it out, you know, that all the, the kind of all the same top stories we have tonight are really all the same ones as kind of yesterday. We're going to update everybody on the same stories that have been going on for the last two days. But they're all what, what do they all have in common? From uh, the Greece economic and and, and China economic situation going on, uh, the illegal immigration crisis and the open borders that we have. We've got an update today on uh, what's happened with the cyber Pearl Harbor attack. We've got that going on. 
Uh, what, you know, the IRS scandal and Hillary with her emails and what do all these stories have in common with? They're all in ISIS and the Islamic State. They're all threats that we face as a nation. And we're sitting here today with a government, including the Republican Party, that's really failed us in these areas. And they not only have failed us, but if we really get inside of what the agenda is of the left, the Republican Party has failed us primarily in the sense of just being bullied on the playground and not getting their act together and and, and being fear-based, except for Trump, and being fear-based in their reaction and playing defense instead of offense. But the left really has an agenda that they're pushing, and it's really scary, and it's so incredibly detrimental uh, to America. And what so many Americans who really didn't see the underlying agenda of what was going on, when he said he wanted to transform America, he meant it. And one of the ways that he's trying to transform America is really through the open border system and bringing as many people here to expand the dependent class as possible. That's why uh, he's refused to, uh, President Obama, of course, is who I'm talking about. That's why he's refused uh, to... uh, honor the own federal laws. What is the president's primary job? He's supposed to uphold the Constitution. He's, you know, he, with the attorney general, are supposed to be the top law enforcement officers of the land, basically. And he's refusing to comply with federal laws, primarily because he wants to expand the dependency class. So it should really really not have come as any surprise to anybody that today on the day of Kate Steinle's funeral, that he still had not called the Steinle family, still has not mentioned uh, the murder that is directly... uh, responsible from the Obama administration. You know, everybody's talking about the sheriff and the mayor and whether or not they're being held responsible. There's too much spotlight going on, including myself with the sheriff and the mayor. This really goes to the Obama administration. He is really the head of the federal government. He did his executive order and his amnesty with the DREAM Act in order to, you know, um, go around the co-equal branches in order to not have to adhere to and comply with the laws of the land, but actually write his own laws. And it's all, like I said, it's about expanding expanding the dependent class by the open border system. So it's really no surprise to anybody, again, that he not only has not called the Steinle family, if she had gone before Congress begging for free diaphragms, then she might be worthy of a phone call or her family might be worthy of a phone call, kind of like Sandra Fluck. Maybe if she had been a gangbanger or maybe, uh, you know, and strong arm somebody in a in a liquor store before she lost her life, maybe then her family would would be worthy of a phone call from him. You know, maybe if she had been an activist in terms of the transgender community, maybe then he might think that her family was worthy of a phone call. He sent a delegation knowing that Michael Brown had had that was no such thing as a hands up, don't shoot. He knew Michael Brown had been involved in a strong arm robbery. They still sent a delegation of three or four people to his funeral, and President Obama would not pick up the phone and call the Steinle family. You know, there's all of this. We all know that it's all about identity politics. It's all about uh, dividing people, fostering hate among the racists. What do we have that's rampant? He supposedly was going to make all the waters rise. He was going to heal the racial divide in America, and he has taken every opportunity he could to divide us along racial lines. And that's not just black against white. It's also against brown and brown against white. It's every area that he can. And it's really kind of despicable. You know, I kind of joked today on Twitter. I said, well, you know, now we've got MTV coming out with this white people, uh, you know, TV show all about trying to make kids and white people feel guilty. You know, the president of the United States is half white. So I kind of joked today, you know, maybe it's his own white guilt from his white privilege that makes him hate his own whiteness that he 
he can't stand the Steinle family because they're white. Maybe that's why he can't pick up the phone. But it's really despicable. And the American people should be, you know, really angry about this. And where's where's the riots in the street from the white people? Why are white people being so bullied by the Obama administration and by the left into silence, into putting up with this and, and tolerating it? I don't understand. It's time for everybody who's got a brain to see what's going on and to stand up. And maybe it's time that we all take this take to the streets. Here's a little stats here. This is from the ICE Weekly Departures and Detention Report. This is back from March. More than 347,000 convicted criminal immigrants are at large in the United States. 179,018 convicted criminal immigrants with deportation cases pending, are also at large 168,680 convicted criminal immigrants who had final orders of removal uh, still remain. Um, you do the math here. You know, that's, you know, we, we, we got close to a million that we know are convicted uh, criminal immigrants that are roaming the streets uh, of the U.S. And we and we've got people and I, I haven't even heard much from the Republican Party. Thank God for Trump, because he's the one the establishment's really upset with him right now because they know that he is breaking out this. The the GOP said after 2012, the narrative was the false narrative was that we had to we had to win the Hispanic vote. So the GOP is really not happy with Trump right now because he has brought this issue to the fore. It was even more outrageous, more outrageous than Obama himself still not calling the Steinle family was what was said on The View today. Um, by that girl, Raven Simone, who played in the Cosby show. And we're going to talk a little bit about Cosby later. But she actually tried to hang this, the murder of Steinle, tried to blame it on Trump, that maybe if Trump hadn't hadn't spoken out about the immigration situation and crisis like he did, that maybe this girl hadn't been murdered. You know, it's it, the... the, hey, the <laughs> yeah, I mean, the insanity of the left trying to spin this and somehow blame the Republican Party for it. They're trying to spin it and say that what's going on, these sanctuary cities actually make people safer. Uh, you know, it's it, you know, it's, it's been said so many times, but it's kind of like that Baghdad Bob. When I hear stuff like that, it's like that Baghdad Bob in the Iraq war as the tanks were basically taking him and his people out. Oh, you know, we ain't, we're, we're good. We ain't got anything to worry about. Nothing to see here. You know, Um so I'm wondering when the American the American people in general, if not the white people of America, I think people are starting to get fed up. I think people are seeing the game here and long since seeing the game. But I'm hoping that some people are going to start pushing back. Um, I think that they're hoping that they're going to be able to push back through Trump, who, uh, according to Frank Luntz, who is a very respected pollster. He says Trump is number one now. I think my theory for why Jeb Bush and this big story about his fundraising came out today is they're really wanting the American people and the Republican Party to think that Jeb is the inevitable uh, nominee for the Republican Party. They're trying to take this, the wind out of Trump's sails. They're trying to you know, stamp down and tamp down uh, his momentum. He is number one. It's interesting because Breitbart did a straw poll, an internet straw poll, and Trump was not number one. Number one was Cruz. Then it was Walker. Then it was Rand Paul. And um, then it was Ben Carson and Carly Fiorina. So that's kind of interesting to me. I think the message right now is to to the Republican Party and to America is that Americans are tired of politicians. They are appreciating somebody who's a frank talker, who's talking about the issues and talking about them truthfully and pushing back against the bullies that want to silence him because they've got their own agenda. And the agenda of the open borders is all about 
votes and it's all about power and it's all about breaking the economic system by expanding the dependent class and the Republican Party establishment is so in love with big government and power themselves that's why Jeb Bush has 110 million dollars in in, in uh, the coffers so far and there's not a whole lot of daylight between him him and Hillary I've been talking up a storm, haven't I, Todd? And, and my nephew, Eric, hadn't even, he ain't even been able to get a word in edgewise. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to pick this up on the other side. I want to update you guys on what happened with the, um, the Office of Personnel Management and the Cyber Pearl Harbor. We're going to talk about Greece. We got some other stuff to talk about. Don't change that dial, folks. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657333. Miramar Kitchen and Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. San Diego's home for intelligent conservative talk. AM 1170. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. I have no idea what that bumper music is that was requested by my nephew, Eric B.B. Baloo. What the heck is that music? That's dubstep. That's what all I listen to. In fact, that particular song is like my my champion song when I'm driving down the highway. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like I finally get that, that point where like the highway splits open and it's just... Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what? What the is that song down. for me? Yeah. Okay, Todd. I need to get a studio <laughs> cam in there so you guys can see Todd over there. What is my song? Um, I kind of like that song by Eve and uh, Gwen Stefani. What's the name? You know that song? I, I don't. About? I'm kind of a David Hasselhoff guy myself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know, but here I teased it out and said I had a hot dude on the show tonight. Hoff ain't exactly hot, baby. But, uh, you know, during the break, I was talking to Eric, and he brought up a good point about the uh, the GOP in 2016. He said, well, you know, I don't... You guys see if, tell me if you think it was a good point. He said, well, maybe the gay marriage thing kind of took that issue off the table for the Republican Party. It has been a wedge issue. I don't think it has taken it off the table, though, and let me tell you why. Because I've said for a long time when I had Heather Cronk on and, and Log Heaven Republicans on, and I offered civil unions 
as a compromise. Civil unions for everybody. Take the, take the word marriage out of the equation. It's a religious designation. You, y'all all want, you know, separation of church and state. Let's go with civil unions. It wasn't good enough. And I said, that's what I'm concerned about because what I really think this is about is you really don't care about the word marriage at all. What you really care about is getting to the next level to where you're removing the religious freedoms from other people. You want to be able to go into that bakery and force them to bake a cake and, and force them to participate in your ceremonies. What I talked about last night, it, it's about totalitarianism. It's not enough to have equal rights legally. They want validation. They want agreement. You're not allowed to, if you have a thought that's in disagreement or in opposition, you better not express it. That's what it's about. And thank goodness that, and I don't know if this is going to get anywhere, but conservative Tribune reported that 15 states attorneys general have made a move after the SCOTUS ruling, which left it very vague as to people's, you know, the the, the freedom of religion uh, wall was breached and it was very unclear as to what this was going to mean overall. We know that that couple uh, in, in Oregon now has to pay $200,000, even pending appeal um, over a cake. Uh, but it was still kind of unclear as to Americans what was going to happen. And I said then, and so did a lot of people, the GOP better immediately move with legislation to protect people's religious freedoms because everywhere else in the Western world where same-sex marriage became legal, the next step was hate speech legislation to where priests, rabbis, pastors were forced to perform same-sex ceremonies or uh, face criminal prosecution. There's hate speech legislation that if you, you're not allowed to say, even as a member of the clergy, that you dis- that you think homosexuality is a sin. So we've got these 15 states' attorneys general who've made a move and, and um, uh, sent a letter to Mitch McConnell and House Speaker Boehner. Not that I got a whole lot of faith in these guys, but at least they made a move uh, demanding that they want tax it to make sure that there's legislation passed that protects the tax exempt status for faith-based groups. Um, you know, as well as their religious freedoms. So that is still where I believe the fight is going to be going into 2016. You know, another fight where we're going to have going into 2016 is in parental rights. We talked here about the vaccination, the forced vaccination law uh, that was passed here in California. There were even many Democrats that changed their voter registration to Republicans because they were so outraged as parents. Many of them actually were pro-vaccination parents. They just, what they didn't like about the forced vaccination b- bill was the government control over their parental rights. The government coming into their home and telling parents what they have to do with their children. Uh, a, a kind of a end around similar to that story is what's going on in Oregon to where, you know, the schools have to get parental permission just to give a child an aspirin, literally. But in the state of Oregon now, Eric, and I, and, and I don't know if you've heard this, um, at the age of 15, mm. without parental approval, they can get a sex change operation and have it paid for by the state. But aspirin's a problem. But aspirin's a problem. So clearly you can see that this is really about pushing an an agenda. The agenda is all about no genders. The agenda is all about um, blurring the lines of everything. There's no right or wrong. It's all about the breakdown of traditional America. And, you know, we can really see, you know, where this is why so many people said, well, we really want marriage to be, you know, considered, you know, traditional one man, one woman. Because if you look at at where where it can go down the road with, you know, uh, five women and a goat, you know, you, you can run into problems. You know, now we've we've got with a whole blurring lines of gender. Uh, this is about it, it, it's not about taking care of children. You don't know at 15 really who you're going to be as an adult. I'm 35 and I'm not entirely sure. Exactly. You know, it's like you, you know, at 15, this is just about the state. 
Mm. Wanting to, to have a wedge between children and parents. That's all that it's about. And it's also about, you know, getting indoctrinating younger and younger and younger into their agenda and their mindset of uh, there is no right or wrong. The next step now is going to be, and there's already been legislation proposed, um, to make pedophilia uh, just another um, sexual orientation. It's all about no right or wrong. And people, you know, don't don't start messaging me saying that, that 15-year-olds who want, you know, a sex change is the same thing as pedophilia. That's not what I'm saying. Y'all understand what I'm saying. This is all about the big uh, agenda on the left. It's about the agenda of government control over people's lives. It's about the uh, and a wedge of government control between the state getting between parents and children. And it's all about their bigger picture. Everything that was traditional American, particularly anything that had anything to do with a religious belief that is under attack in America today. And, you know... Oregon, I don't, I don't even want to fly over the state of Oregon. That's how, <laughs> that's how low I think those people are, Eric. Mm. Um, I've never been to Oregon. You know what? It's actually beautiful. You know the the you know the Pacific Northwest is is beautiful in terms of the greenery and the coastline, but the people there, you know, you know, any state that would get involved in trying to deny people their religious beliefs, if you go into somewhere and they don't want to bake a cake for you, go someplace else. But to, you know, this is about trying to, to when you're trying to destroy people because they don't want to go along with your program, you got problems. Okay, something's really wrong with you. And if that's what's going on with the state to where 15-year-olds, you know, you're right. I mean, you know, even at 35, you don't necessarily know. There's been so many people who have come out at 60 and said, you know what, I regret it. It's a permanent life change. At 60, there's been people who've had that sex change operation that regretted it. That is a crime that's being perpetrated on children to, to have them at 15 make such a permanent life-altering decision. Shame on anybody that's going, to me, that's child abuse. This is just flat-out child abuse. Absolutely. Um, speaking of abuse, the um, cyber Pearl Harbor that nobody seemed to pay any attention to back a few months ago, millions of people had their, including your grandmother, by the way. You know, mm. she worked for the federal government for 40 years. Any, you know, 20-something million federal employees, your grandmother had a very high security clearance, which means that every bit of her private information and some of some of the families mm-hmm. has, you know, it, it's not going to end up hurting me, you know, or your mom or anything, or, or probably even your grandmother. But the point is, is that this was China that people suspected this. And when we first heard about it, I said then, this is going to go so many more people, far more reaching implications. Nothing was done then. Now we find out so many more people have had it happen. And what's the end result? What what has been done by the administration to make us safer? Nothing. The big news today about this is that Catherine Archuleta has stepped down after um, the revelation of these breaches. And, you know, there's the big, you know, oh, she resigned. The White House put out a statement. She resigned of her own volition and not under pressure. Well, why wasn't she pressured? I, I don't understand this. Julie Reginsky said today on Fox News, well, you know, the buck stops here, so it's a good thing she resigned. No, don't quote. Don't misquote here and use that quote. That was a quote from President Truman. That's where the buck is supposed to stop. The GOP is patting her on the back and saying this was a good move. No, GOP. You should be saying uh, and that President Obama should be held accountable. He is the one who was responsible to provide the security of the American people and not just the federal workers that are under his administration and under his care. It, he is the one who should be held accountable and, and shame on the GOP for not making that point and shame on the GOP for not even coming forward and saying, you know what? 
Guess who was this Archuleta woman? She was his national campaign manager in 2012. <laughs> and she's she's the head of the office office of personal management. Well, gee, um, a political ally of his is in charge of the office of personnel management china gets all these records they do nothing about china they're trying to suck china into their tpp deal uh he's fascinated in love with communism and marxism which china's all about and gee you know i'm not saying there's collusion here i'm not saying there's corruption i'm not saying she was involved in you know anything that made it easy for china to do any hacking here but what i'm saying is there's zero accountability from the GOP to President Obama or to anybody else. And also, they weren't uh, honest about how many people affected originally. No. The, the they, number kept raising and raising. I think the last was $21.5 million. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, at first count, we were told it was $4 million. Now, Now we're supposed to believe that it's just, oh, now we're just finding out. They knew all along. It's like they slow walk it. It comes out in dribs and drabs, like Hillary with the emails. You know, and Trey Gowdy acting yesterday like, oh, okay, Hillary, I didn't want to have to do it, but now I got to go full, I got to go public with the subpoena. Well, why didn't you go public? Why haven't you, why haven't you gone public with this from day one? Why are you guys allowing all these scandals to be slow walked and have nothing done? You yes, know, nobody's going to hold them accountable. And, well, and, it's, and it's an institution where uh, incompetence is rewarded. Absolutely. It is, it is rewarded. And, you know, the, the Republican Party seems to just be on board with the idea of, of big government power with no accountability. And they're just hoping they're going to be the ones sitting in power uh, in 2016. And that's why the GOP really don't want to see Trump gaining any steam. I tell you who should be gaining steam is Alan West, mm. because he is so truthful. He is so honest. He hits them right back uh, between the eyes. And I want to read y'all, uh, you know... One of the things I talked about recently was, you know, the attacks on everything American, that it was never about a Confederate flag. And I was really disturbed, speaking of the GOP, with the fact that, you know, they didn't educate anybody. They immediately fell under pressure that when the Charleston um, murders of the of the nine people in the church, which was a horrible, a horrible act of violence, um, it had nothing to do with the Confederate flag, and the Republican Party allowed the left to make it be about the Confederate flag, and they they made it, they allowed the narrative then to make it be about all Republicans being racist. The flag was racist, and all Southerners were racist, and all Southerners who were supposedly Republican are now all racist. And the Republican Party did nothing to counter that narrative. And then Nikki, you know, Haley comes out and agrees to take it down. And I said, then bring the Democrat Party into it. This was their symbol. This was their flag. If you're going to take it down. Be sure you educate people as to whose symbol it was in the first place. You've got to fight back. Don't allow this narrative to stick. I want to read thanks to my friend Don Sherman who sent me. Um, and so then there was a vote and the flag was taken down. He sent me a statement written by Alan West and I want to read it quickly. And then we're going to take a break and then have some laughs. Alan West says, yippee. The Confederate battle flag has now been removed from the grounds of South Carolina State Capitol. And just like that. You know, it solves the problem of black-on-black crime and killings. Now, he says, we'll see the out-of-wedlock uh, birth weight rate in the black community drop from 75%. He says, of course, now there will be better educational opportunities in schools in South Carolina's black communities and all across America. He says the black unemployment rate will drop, especially the almost 40% black teenage unemployment rate. He says, now we'll see an economic entrepreneurial boon in the inner cities because the Confederate flag's been lowered. And there'll be no more gangs of blacks beating on whites, as we saw in Ohio, which got very little media play as they stood over him and laughed and cheered. Uh, yep, he says, the liberal progressive media 
uh, shouted squirrel and an entire nation went running, including the Republican Party. And all the yelling and the shouting by the crowds was evidence of those who lack grace, respect and dignity. He says former South Carolina Gamecocks football coach Lou Holtz remarked that when you get to the end zone, you should act like you've been there before. So what does the lowering of the Confederate battle flag have to do with the killing of the little seven-year-old Amari Brown in Chicago? Anyone know when his funeral is? So thank you. Hat tip to Alan West for being the one lone Republican who spoke out about this and didn't kowtow to the bullies about the Confederate flag. It was never about a flag. The flag wasn't the problem, and it's not the solution. We're going to take a break, and we come back. We're going to pick it up on the other side, and we'll be chatting with Della B. Don't change that dial, folks. Convenient, homestyle recipes, and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego-style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it, too. Do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533. Fresh Healthy Vending, the nation's largest healthy vending company, is looking for locations in this area to place its latest innovation. A fresh, healthy micromarket at absolutely no cost to your business. A fresh, healthy micromarket is like a mini health food store for your office break room. Choose from breakfast meals, fresh salads, wraps, hot meals, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, and more, all at a convenient self-checkout kiosk. Now you can offer your employees exactly what they want. All natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micromarket generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine. This is AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Y'all know what that music means. It's Friday night. It's time for Della B, babies. Hey. Hey, babies. What's up, Della? Oh, there's a lot going on, but I think everybody wants to know. Yes. Where did you get your donuts? Where did I get my donuts? I get my donuts at a variety of different places, and I got to tell you, the bet one of my top donut 
uh, suppliers is, are you ready for this? 7-Eleven. What? 7-Eleven. <laughs> now, they don't 7-11. bake them. 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven. They have a local bakery here in town that they get them from, and they are some of the best donuts in San Diego. I was going to go. My friend Peggy Costian was saying that today she posted on Facebook that if you went to Krispy Kreme today and you bought a dozen, you could get another dozen for like 87 cents. Girl, the line was around the block. Yeah. So I didn't get any Krispy Kreme today, mm. but I do I like tell the- you, when they got that light going that says the, that they're baking the donuts. That is that is just mm. that's a magnet I can't resist. Yeah, it's I was, almost I won the other day, you- and I was like, if that light was on, I'd be in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, so speaking of yummy and sweetness, yeah. Well, what's happening in Hollywood, Dolly? Well, the, the, it's the donut story. It's the donut liquor. <laughs> We got the donut liquor. <laughs> Ariana Grande. That's why I mentioned your donuts. I thought it was a little risky there going for donuts, but you didn't get them at Wolfie's in Lake Elsinore, so I guess you're okay. Yeah, and you know what? I One of the things that 7-Eleven does, baby, is they keep them in, in a case <laughs> with, uh, you know, se- a setup where people can't mm-hmm. be sh- shoving their schnoz and their tongue in there and well. licking on other people's donuts, okay? Mm. Well, the, the donuts oh, were up there. She's in, she, Ariana Grande, for those that don't know, is a 22-year-old pop singer, um, had previously been on Nickelodeon and done some stuff. I've done She's never actually quite talented. Music. Anyway, she comes in there late night, going to get, get some donuts, and they're standing at the counter. Everybody's seen the video, and there's, the faces are going towards the donuts that are sitting up on top. Well, the question hasn't been answered. How did this video get released to the public because, you know, they're just, they are surveillance cameras and only like owners and managers. Well, Wolfie's is now in trouble because they, why are they in trouble? They had exposed donuts. The donuts were not ever supposed to be on top of the case. Well, see, that's what I was wondering. It's like even the Seven Eleven has the, has them in, in a case that you can't be licking. Right. So the, I, I don't know if the customer, re, or the rather the uh, the clerk there, the the person working the counter, got all flustered because they recognized it was Ariana Grande and and didn't do what they were supposed to do and left the donuts up there as they you know they bring them out as they, you know have have you them know what? In there. But good those, try, I good try the video to make and those trays went into the cases after that licking business. Well, you know what, I ain't blaming. Let's not start blaming Wolfies here, okay? I'm not. Ariana Grande. No, I'm saying she is. They're trying to make oh. it all about Wolfie shouldn't have had that tray out there in the first place. Well, you know what? Maybe not. But you know what? People ought to be able to leave a tray of donuts out for a minute or two without some, uh, you know, um, haint coming along and giving them a lick. I don't know where that tongue's been. <sighs> now, listen. I want to blow the lid she date, off of She's something. been dating somebody named Big Sean, okay? And well, anybody that who's is seen a has been. Well. She was with somebody else. I forget his name. It's not important. He'll be next week's news. Anyway, let me just blow the lid off this whole thing. All right. Ariana Grande yeah. is the Rachel Dolezal of the pop music world. Because until today, uh-huh. I thought she was Hispanic, Latino, and she's not. She's Italian. No. And she has been passing were- for Latina? I think so. They even there's even I, I, I went out and researched it. And there's there's she's she's an honorary Latina because oh. she sings good in Spanish. She's been passing for Latina. She's been trying to she's, draft off a of J-Lo so. and be like the next hot Latina recording artist. She's trans-ethnical. I think so. she, now, here's another little tidbit Phoebe for says you. she's trans-ethnical. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, with all the trans business in the yeah. news, I realize that I'm, yeah. I'm trans financial. Yeah. I'm a rich Listen, man in a poor man's w- body. Oh, yeah. She watched that Blackfish movie, you know, about the orcas, yes. and decided to be vegan. Um, Where was she at? She was in it. I Googled this. Wolfie's is not a vegan donut shop. There are some, like if you go up like in Seattle and Oregon right. and oh, some yeah, of these places yeah. like Just that. Just another reason to not go to Oregon, okay? Vegan donuts. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Knock it off, Oregon. That's an oxymoron. So, yeah, exactly. She, Get away she from me with tongue, that. Her vegan tongue up on some donuts. You know there was eggs. You know there was animal byproducts in there. So mm-hmm. she is a hypocrite. She said when they brought out the big tray of the cinnamon rolls, mm-hmm. that's when she hated Americans. And that's when she hated America. Now she's come out and said she just hates childhood obesity. Mm-hmm. And she was supposed to do a free concert for Budweiser was sponsoring a, a concert for at the um, Major League Baseball All-Star Game. And that is she has canceled that now because she's in, she's in wisdom tooth recovery oh. hell and she can't perform. She's in rehab. She's in, she, you know, she's they all in, go to rehab. So she's in wisdom tooth rehab. Okay. She is. I yeah. Think she She's going to be the new lead singer for the Dixie Chicks is what I think. (laughs) Now, I do have another story on an alleged criminal activity. Mm, Uh, Tom Selleck, the yummy Tom Selleck, uh, current star of Blue Bloods, and everybody knows Magnum P.I. He lives up in northern L.A. County, has a 60-acre avocado farm. The water district for Ventura County, which he is not in, he's in the county next to it, they spent... $22,000 $22,000 on a private investigator. Who's they? Who did? The Ventura County Water Department okay. has spent $22,000 staking out a water hydrant and following a truck to Tom Selleck's farm over the last two years to try to catch him stealing water. And they came out, they filed a lawsuit on June the 30th, uh, claiming that, that Tom Selleck had been stealing thousands of gallons of water. Here you got, we got a drought problem here, stealing water. Created by the Democrats here in California. Exactly. So what they, what's now come out, which I cannot even begin to understand this, is Tom Selleck had been paying for this water. It's all perfectly legal. Law enforcement couldn't find anything wrong with this situation. And so they can't charge him with anything. Come to find out, if you're a contractor, you can get a permit permit on a on a water hydrant. It can be metered, and you can take unlimited amounts of water out of this hydrant. And that Tom Selleck was legally purchasing water from this contractor. Then it, you know what? But, it sounds to me like it's it's part of this water shaming that's going on out here. They're trying to shame everybody for having any kind of landscape or any kind of garden. And yeah, I got a rooftop garden, and I, we, I got a hose running all the time and you know what i'm going to turn it on some people if they come by my house and try to hassle me about it well tom being the gentleman that he is he went ahead although he has behaved legally mm-hmm. he's gone ahead and he has made a settlement with the water district and there's going to be some kind of monetary monetary thing that he's going to do because he's a gentleman and he's just not going to be involved in this but they for two weeks we've heard nothing but uh tom Selleck stealing water well you know yeah it's yeah exactly it's anything they can any way they can to shame anybody who's a republic republican or conservative particularly in hollywood you know the, the oh, one no, person no, who not to mention he is on the board of the NRA. 
Oh, he's got a yeah. He's got a double target on him. Okay, he's a conservative. He's pro gun. He's using Mm, water. But you know what? All you you know, there's such hypocrites in La La. Who eats more guacamole than they do up in Hollywood? I'm totally obsessed with avocados. Well, you know what? Then they should they should be thanking him. What are they going to do? You know how how are their own? He doesn't give them away for free. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sells them for a profit. So what else has happened in Dallas? Well, we have to say goodbye. And now I'm on Celebrity Death Watch because this is celebrity number one. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, they always comes in threes. Having to say goodbye to one of my favorite legendary actors, Omar Sharif, oh. who died of a heart attack in a Cairo hospital. Now, is that the same old. actor that was in one, uh, one of my mama's favorite movies? Um he was a lead actor in. Well, he was in Doctor Shivago, Lawrence of Arabia. Mm-hmm. He was in Funny Lady. He played. Oh yeah, he was in he Funny played Lady. The gambler. Yeah. Nikki Arnstein opposite uh, Fanny Bryce, uh, played by Barbara Streisand. Yes. Yeah. I and watch that movie um, I, in my research, I found out that he, they actually had an affair. Barbara Streisand and um, Omar Sharif <gasps> actually had an affair, and when the Egyptian government and he he re, he continued to live in Egypt. That was his home. He loved he loved living there in his family, uh, and 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 everything. Um, but he, he almost lost his Egyptian citizenship because she was she is Jewish and she was oh, very much yeah. uh, pro Israel during when Egypt was having a conflict with Israel, and um, but. Uh, he was uh, he was a very romantic leading man at one point. Legend has it he had three thousand marriage uh, proposals in a single week. He was a good looking um, dude. He was an he was avid. He was a world class bridge player, and he had to give up bridge in two thousand and six because it interfered with with family life and other things that he wanted to do. He did have a bit of trouble with gambling, mm-hmm. but he was an amazing actor, and he would have a hard time today because he played Egyptian. Mm. He played Mexican. He played Nazi. Mm. He played Jew. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to be. I guess you're not allowed to be doing all this anymore. The, the flexible actors, right? Um, not you know. That's yeah. Going to be well. Yeah, because I mean, look at look at what happened when J Lo, who's Puerto Rican, played a Mexican. It was like, oh, good grief! You know, it's like nowadays it's all about the purist. Although, which well, is got, which just doesn't make uh, sense yeah. if you've got now people. You've got Dolajal. She was passing, and now you got Ariana Grande passing. So who? I can't even keep up with it. It's going to make my head hurt. It's too confusing. We we just need to just be American. That's right. Get rid of the just hyphens. Let's all pass as American. How about that? I'm going to pass as American. I'm going to because I don't even know because I'm so I'm such a mutt anyway. Got so so much going on in my background. Even uh, yeah, I, I'm so I can pass for anything pretty much. Eric's looking at me like what? Yeah, I'm going to go for Korean myself. Yeah. <laughs> North Korean. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Della. Oh, thank probably. you, baby. Thanks for calling all in. Right, Love you. Bye, Della. Um, during the last break, you keep giving such pearls of wisdom during the last break. Uh, I try. Before Della called in. Yeah, thank you for your contribution so far. Uh, you were, uh, BB asked me during the break, he said, didn't Dukes of Hazard get pulled off the air? I said, yeah. You know, and I talked about that last week after, or maybe it was last night. After like 36 years on the air, suddenly that show can't be, you know, aired on TV anymore. But why? Because liberals told you that you shouldn't, you know, tolerate the TV show. You want and, a show I want to have taken off the air? What? Sanford and Son. Why Sanford and Son? Well, you remember Red Fox, right? 
his character uh, um, from I know, Stanford. Yeah, I know his stand-up as as a stand-up comedian oh, yeah, was, he was really he was off-color. He was in the show. Yeah. Um, well, and, you know, when the time that aired, uh, he would call white people in the show honkies. So I'm offended, and that needs to come off there. They, they take away my Dukes of Hazard. You know what? They, they need to get rid of, of, of the Sanford and the Sun. Well, yeah. You know, you know, an eye for an eye. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> hey, speaking of a classy TV show, guess what? You know, do you guys remember? You're both of you are too young. Do you, you ever hear of a TV show called The Jeffersons? Yeah, yeah. We're moving on up. Yeah, I remember that one. To the east side. I think to a deluxe apartment in the sky high. You know what that short that uh, show was all about? It was about a man who rose up from nothing. And one of the boroughs in New York City started with one dry cleaning business, ended up with like six or seven dry cleaners. This is the premise of the show. And he becomes super successful and ends up moving to the Upper East Side of New York City. I mean, to me, what a great you know concept for a show. You know, it's the American dream. A guy works hard. He's ambitious. Well, you know what? That's not the American dream anymore. The American dream, thanks to Obama, Eric, is um, moving on up. Marxist style. This is what President Obama's latest thing is. The Obama administration is moving forward with with regulations to help diversify America's wealthiest neighborhoods. That's right, Eric. If you don't want to have to go and work hard to move on up like George Jefferson and, you know, invest in and risk all your, you know, livelihood, starting a chain of of businesses, you know, you don't have to worry about that. You don't even probably have to finish school. You know, Obama's just going to do it for you. He's going to get you to that deluxe apartment in the sky. Uh, the, and make sure you get your booster shots in Oregon, too. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, a final Department of Health and HUD, uh, Health and Urban Development rule due out this month is aimed at ending decades of deep-rooted segregation around the country. Uh, economic segregation. Uh, the regulations would use grant money, i.e. your tax dollars, as an incentive for communities to build affordable housing in more affluent areas while also taking steps to upgrade poor areas with better schools, parks, libraries, grocery stores, et cetera. I'm all for that. I think, it, you know, if there's if, if you know, we're already given a lot of money for uh, HUD, I'm all for upgrading, you know, areas of blight. The concept, though, of, oh, you're poor and you want to live in Rancho Santa Fe and you don't want to bother to work hard in school like Ben Carson and go and get a college education and go and, you know, go into business or go be a doctor and then earn your way to Rancho Santa Fe. But you're just going to have President Obama take money from somebody else to subsidize you and buy you a home in Rancho Santa Fe. This is outrageous. What this is, is it's Marxism. It's basically the concept of, and and they even use the words, uh, this will fulfill the promise of equal opportunity for all. That's not opportunity. That's equal outcome. You know what? If you can't afford to live in Rancho Santa Fe, then you just need to deal with it and accept it. Either do what you got to do to get there and earn it like everybody else, or just be glad that you're living in, you know, in Chula Vista. You know, I, I, I would give anything if I could live in the Barber Tract in La Jolla instead of Mount Soledad. But you know what? I don't have the goods. I don't have the coin to get there. You know, I'm striving for it. Maybe someday I'll get there. But I would never, ever have the mindset that anybody owes that to me or some, ta- some government should go and take money from somebody else and put me there under the guise of if I'm not there and my skin is a certain color, that means I'm being discriminated against. That, this is where we're going in America. And, and one of the things, things that is so detrimental about this is... 
is that what ends up happening is, is if you go into an area like the Barber Track or Rancho Santa Fe or somewhere and you put up some low-cost housing project, it's going to destroy everybody's property values. So people that, you know, maybe scrimp and save for 20 years to be able to buy a home over there, and then they're thinking they're going to get some equity built up, that maybe they're going to get to pull out from that equity and use it uh, for their own livelihood or for their, you know, children or what have you, that money's taken from their from their own product, you know, pocketbooks. You know, they're being punished economically while somebody else is being rewarded. And what it does is, is it spreads, it's their income redistribution. It's redistribution of mediocrity. You know, why would anybody need to work hard and be ambitious? So the poor people get to live in Rancho Santa Fe without having to earn it. The other people are like, well, you know, why am I going to work hard if it's just going to be taken from me and given to somebody else who hasn't earned it? You know, pretty soon we're going to be Cuba where doctors are making $17 a week, the same as a bartender. You know, there's no incentive for anybody to work hard. You know, it's just it's the spread of mediocrity. And it's you know, and and, and I'm not hearing this is legislation that's right now uh, going, uh, you know, up for a vote. And I'm not hearing anybody from the Republican Party even mention it. This is something Trump should really get behind because, you know, this is what what the GOP where they fail at the most. And that is helping the American people to understand what the agenda is of Marxism or socialism. Pick your ism because it doesn't look exactly like Karl Marx mentioned it in, in the Communist Manifesto. But this is what will is where we're going and it will literally destroy us. And, and, and it already is. And that's the road we're on, and we really got to stop it. It just makes me crazy. You know that Marxism was tried here in the United States, don't you? No. In New Harmony, Indiana, uh, there was a, an industrialist who came over here. Uh, his name was uh, Robert Owen and uh, purchased pretty much an entire city that had been vacated by some, uh, I think there were Lutherans. And uh, he brought in um, you know, doctors and all these special trade specialists. Mm-hmm. And um, I forget, I think he paid somewhere around $250,000. You know, that, like I said, the houses were already built, the farms were already tilled and everything. And uh, within two years, uh, it, he abandoned it. It was complete and utter failure. Well, I mean, we've had communes before, um, but, you know, I, and, and I don't know exactly how he tried to apply it, but communism has failed everywhere it's ever been tried. It doesn't work. First of all, because there's no such thing as government money. So they have to take money out of out of the pockets of the hardworking people and redistribute it. And when you when you, uh, you know, break the will of the American people and you give them no incentive and you overregulate and you overtax, you know, and, and it, it ends up being a failure mm-hmm. everywhere it's ever tried. And, you know, so it, I can't understand why we have 17,000, 10,000 people at Bernie Sanders rallies. And people are somehow thinking, oh, that's a great thing because, look, you know, Hillary's on the ropes. Really, America? You, you know, hello? It's a red flag to me, Eric, if so many Americans are getting on board with this. And part of the reason why is that people aren't as educated as you are. They don't understand what it is. They, they've never even heard about it. We're not teaching it in the schools. And, you know, that's. I just have a pragmatic you know, point of view on stuff. Well, you know, and it's important to have a pragmatic view because, you know, so much of liberalism is about it's about fantasy. It's about utopia and fallacy, total fallacy. You cannot guarantee there's no such thing as is equality. Really, life isn't fair. One of the first things you have to learn when you're growing up is life isn't fair. You know, this this white people documentary. Oh, have you ever thought about what your life would be if you weren't white? Well, you know, I've thought about what my life would be if I'd born into the Vanderbilt family. I wasn't. 
You know, I, I was born into whatever circumstances I have. I don't dwell on what was right or what was not great or what was good. It's just, you know, here's here's what I'm striving for. And I and I don't worry about what I don't have. Well, look at, you know, Dr. Ben Carson and how he started off in life. You know, he's, you, yeah. know, the, you know, the son of a single mom. Right. And look where he's at now. I mean, he's incredibly respected yeah. as a surgeon and it's just yeah. from the bottom up. Exactly. He did it himself. Because his mother didn't sit around telling him he should feel sorry for himself all day long that he was born black and poor. She told him to read and read and read and study and work hard and make something of himself. That's the message. But they want to beat down uh, into America. They want whites to feel guilty and feel ashamed for being white and feel as though they're the blame for every bad circumstance of anybody of color in the country. And they want black people and other minorities to feel victimized by white people and to foster a sense of entitlement from black people. That You know, that, that story I just read about this HUD plan, it's all about telling poor people, if you're poor, um, it, th- there's nothing that you're doing, no choice you're making, um, that ha- and you're not responsible for any of your circumstances, and you're not responsible for your future. You're not responsible for making something of yourself. Right. You're entitled to have it given to you from other people, from the makers. You're entitled to be a taker because you're a person of color, and the white people are responsible, the makers are responsible for giving to you because they're supposed to pay pay the price for something that supposedly was done by somebody. And, and, and the reality is, there's only what 1% of Americans own slaves. You know, I'm not going to ever apologize for being white and certainly not going to apologize to anybody who was never owned as a slave. There's no black person walking around right now who was owned as a slave. Hmm. But you know what? Our ancestors were Irish. We probably have just as many people in our background, Eric, that were slaves as anybody that we know in their background. It's probably like I like potatoes these days. Could be. Yeah. And you know what? Monday is we National French Fry Day. Yes, everybody in Did y'all know that? No minority got Obama phone. <laughs> I want an Obama phone. I love that lady. Yeah. You know that she said she if she could do it over again, she'd vote for Mitt Romney. Did she say that? She just yeah. came out recently and said that, yeah. Well, you know, she ain't as dumb as I thought she was. Speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of dumb and socialism gone wrong, Greece... You know, uh, the the socialist Greek Greeks over there, they still haven't got a clue, but it seems as though as to as to really what they've done to themselves. But it seems as though things are going to work out over there uh, with some kind of deal that was struck. Uh, The Greek government's trying to convince their parliament to accept the spending cuts and the tax rises demanded um, uh, in return for the fifty three point five billion euro lifeline. So that looks like that's going to be the deal. Um, no deal yet with Iran and those talks uh, with John Kerry. I mean, who'd have thought Kerry wouldn't have a great deal by now? I mean, I'm shocked. Kill surprise. Um, the deadline's passed 14 days now. Iran is basically saying, you know, bugger off, Kerry. You ain't getting unlimited access to check us on the nuke deal. And you best not be putting any sanctions on us or else. And they actually even had a rally to where they're burning American and, you know, Israel's flags. Uh, in their Al-Qud day yesterday, uh, chanting death to America and death to Israel. And, you know, I still ain't hear nothing out of the much out of the GOP about this. You know, Iran has been saying for however many years their plan is to get a nuke and their plan then is to use the nuke to wipe Israel and the United States off the map. And, you know, you know, Kerry is over there. Oh, dope, dope. You know, talking nice, saying, you know what, I think I think we're making some progress. Well, right now, you know, nobody's wanting to say anything that's going to be turned into a, you know, a political talking point in the upcoming elections. Nobody wants to have their name attached to any. Well, you know what's going to you know what? Iran's going to have their name attached to a nuclear weapon in about three months. And then it's going to be some really scary times for us. Mm. You know, we didn't have a chance to really talk about why you were here. Oh. We, we only got about a minute. 
Oh. We have, well, how much time we got? We got a minute. Tell us, tell everybody what you're doing down at Comic-Con. Well, I'm working uh, with the Fan Fest uh, across the street from the uh, Comic-Con, and uh, we've been live streaming uh, on Twitch.com. Uh, a bunch of these crazy games, um, and it's all interactive w- with uh, Twitter and Twitch. Um, actually, have you seen Megabot yet? No. It's this giant robot that we've made, and it runs on gas, and it's like, it's a giant robot, and it's got like these cannons, and they, they were shooting out uh, T-shirts out in the crowd. <laughs> okay. They put too much pressure into it, and they actually shot the, the T-shirts too far. It was oh, pretty no. incredible. But um, So anyways, uh, the United States has uh, challenged J- Japan into a megabot battle. And Ooh. I think in June two, 2016, they're going to have these two giant—and when I say giant, it's 30,000 pounds. And I think this thing, when it fully stands up, is like— 15 or 17 feet tall. Wow. And, now, uh, now, you're going to be doing something that's streaming live tomorrow. Where can people see it? What is it? Just go to twitch.com. We are going to be the top headline on Twitch. Awesome. So you get to watch um, all these games being played. You're going to get to see Megabot. You're going to see these guys being able to conquer these Xbox games in, like, minutes. Okay. I never beat the first Mario Brothers. These guys, you know, they're beating, like, the final thing or whatever games they are in, like, minutes. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Seen anything weird? Any weird costumes down there? Anything worth mentioning? That Megabot had all my attention. That really? thing is just, yeah. I'll have to You're such picture. a guy. You're yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's gas and it's got tank treads and cannons and, <sighs> and it's green and metal. And awesome. Everything that I like about right. machines. Well, I like you. I love you, BB. Thank you so Thank much you for, for coming in me. today. Thanks, Todd, for doing a great job tonight. Thank you all to, for all you out there for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K5. Stay friends with me on Facebook. And listen, every Thursday and Friday right here on AM 1170, this is the Andrew K Show. Good night, everybody. Strangely, don't be surprised. I'm just a man who needed someone and someone to hide to keep me alive. Just keep me alive. Somewhere to hide to keep me alive. The Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.